0: Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Unleashed, Spiritual Formation and Soul Care. I hope this message finds you well, hopeful, and encouraged in our new year. This is the first podcast of 2021, so happy new year officially. And I hope you had a great Christmas, New Year's, um, holiday season, or as best you could considering our current circumstances, as well as I do want to remember those who suffered losses. Uh, my I myself have had a loss as well, and I also have lost some other friends, um, ministry partners who uh, passed away from COVID as well. So um, it's definitely a heavy time, and um, for all of us, whether we're affected by it directly or indirectly, whether we know it or not, we're actually all experiencing a collective trauma. And part of the reason we're seeing so much um violence and chaos and confusion and denial and arguing arguments and the whole nine is because many times we don't know how to process our pain process our losses uh, many times when there is a death of a loved one um, we do understand grief um, in no circumstances but we really don't get it when we lose um, even our idols unfortunately we still have the process of letting things go or even our mindsets, ideals of what we thought our lives were really about or the church or America. And it's really been an eye-opening time. Um, COVID really did um, pull the veil back of so many things that we uh, either were aware of or weren't aware of. And then we have the choice to either accept the truth or we can try to stay in denial. And so you're seeing a lot of battles going on of people who are, trying to make sense of their pain and trying to hold on to their ideals and dreams and hopes of what they thought their lives were going to be like versus actually moving into the process of grieving and loss. And so one of the things uh, that I want to talk about today or to help us all process through it, is the process of lament. Um, in Scripture, we, if you may have noticed there's some in the Psalms that'll say, Um, A Psalm of Lament Um, You may be familiar with the book of Lamentations Um, But I would be curious to see How many of You or any of us Have actually been in a church Where we spent time Reading through Lamentations Or we spent time looking at the Psalms of Lament Or many times we'll read through them real quick When we want to get to the part of you know, And yet while I praise Him We want to get to the part of overcoming um, So quickly um, But we haven't really properly mourned Um, what we've actually been through and the hardships and so part of the reason I'm bringing this up is because about seven years ago I was in a small group and the leader helped me see that I had unprocessed grief Um, I remember mentioning to him that um, throughout my life there would be these random times I would feel sadness and it was during like really happy moments and I just couldn't figure out like why I would just be feeling sad when my brain or my mindset or if I'm just looking at my current reality and I'm like, I should be happy right now. I should be joyful and I'm not. And um, I was just really grateful that he was a licensed therapist and he knew um, what was helped me diagnose what was going on. And then he recommended a couple books and I began the process of working through my grief. Um, And about six to eight months later, I ended up meeting a life coach who actually really helped me um, begin to unlock um, a lot of those things. And um, if you haven't done um, any what I would like to call grief work and you feel like you should, I would definitely recommend doing it with someone. Um, There's only so much you can do by yourself. And there is something about um, inviting somebody into that space. And so um, if you are potentially experiencing unprocessed grief let me give you a few examples or some symptoms that um, may help you see if you have it or if you don't so as i had mentioned uh, one of my symptoms was um, just random times of uh, sadness and um, for some of you you might have apathy um, numbness a low-grade depression Uh, you may just be irritable at times um, or just a lot of anger Um, You may have like this continual obsession uh, with missing someone that you have lost. Um, You might be hyper alert. Uh, You may fear just losing something else. Um, You may have a uh, behavioral overreaction uh, to certain events that happen. Um, Or you may have an addiction or you actually may even be harming yourself. So, um, And then, of course, you can have anxiety as well. So those are just some of the, the symptoms that you may have. And as far as solutions, solutions, as I had mentioned, um, you know, work with a, find a therapist, find a life coach, somebody who can walk you through this uh, support group, um, and just begin to work on um, getting closure, Um, you know, begin to start changing patterns, behaviors, um, develop more awareness, um, and hopefully that will help you. And in addition to that, um, invite Jesus in and um, in some cases he could touch you, deliver you, and it's all good. Um, or as he did with me, you may be walking through the process of him going in and cleaning up uh, the residue and the destruction um, that was my life. And so a lot of us have um, experienced a lot more pain and trauma than I think even we're aware of. And so. Um, the good news is, is that he comes to bring good news to all of those spaces. And so um, I encourage you to definitely invite him in as well. And so um, just thinking about Jesus and, um, and lament, we can just look at his life and we can see just what he did for us. As he laid down his life for his friends, as he died on the cross, um, as he wept over Jerusalem, um, we can see... Like, we have a God who, like, feels and experiences hardship. And then we look at just scripture in general, and, and you have to say, like, why would the Lord put laments in the Psalms? You know, why would he have a whole book of, of lamentations? And everything is based on just losses. Uh, when you look at lamentations, it's basically just a collection of poetic laments. Uh, about the direct destruction of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. And believe it or not, 40% of the Psalms are laments. And so there's a reason that they're there. And just learning uh, recently from myself that um, the Psalms or the book of Psalms in Hebrew, the word is uh, sephir tehillim, uh, which actually, again, means books of, books, book of Psalms. And it also means book of praises and so the three types of praises or three types of psalms are hymns thanksgiving and laments and so when you think about a lament being a praise um, and you also think oh the lord or the scripture says that the the lord inhabits the praises of his people that means that he inhabits our laments and so it is something um that we can do and that god inhabits and um, and wants to hear that honesty and, um, and even has given us blueprints on how to do it properly. And so um, I definitely encourage you to just go through and look at those um, um, psalms and, um, and read Lamentations and begin to get a framework of how this all works and, and may the Lord give you language of whatever you need to lament and um, however you need to praise Him in that space and may He inhabit you and may He meet you and encounter you And that is what I learned in the midst of my process of grieving uh, over about a four-year period was how much the Lord wanted to meet me in uh, my worst moments and in uh, some of the most shameful times and and so much of the, the trauma I had faced and the losses and Jesus being Jesus, He is the light of the world and He showed Himself to be the light in my world. Um, as the scripture says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome. And He shined that light on me and, and in those places and and brought healing and comfort and, and love, and I really found out like, that He is Emmanuel, that He was God with me, um, and that He said He would never leave me nor forsake me. And so no matter what I brought to Him, no matter what I showed Him, He still was there. He was still consistent and just thinking about him being the high priest who understands me and he can empathize with me and um and just understanding more of how human he really was it's like basically in a nutshell he's like I understand and just having that space and that connection with him where i wasn't being judged and i wasn't being humiliated and i wasn't being told to just you know man up or anything else i was just able just to be where I was and and feel the pain, the hurt, and the heartache, and he was there feeling it with me and also walking with me through it um, to bring closure. And so I came across um, this book called Honest Advent by Scott Erickson, Um, and he has this quote and it says, Jesus had some extracurricular activities during his own incarnation, but he did not bypass the hardships of being human. He participated from womb to tomb and everything in between. And just thinking about that, like he really understood how hard it is just to live on this earth, to live in a fallen world. And he didn't try to get around it. He didn't misuse his power. He wasn't looking for comfort. Um, He wasn't looking for pleasure. He just kept his um, face toward heaven, following uh, his father's commands and being obedient. And if it was hard, he did it and he showed it by laying down his life for us and by enduring the cross. And so just thinking about what that meant, um, just coming toward a savior who didn't run from pain and he faced it and embraced it and it cost him his life. And he tells us that we need to take up our crosses daily and just thinking about that. Uh, when I have to give up certain uh, pleasures, comfort, dreams, my own plans, agenda. um, Sometimes it's really painful, sometimes it is really hard. Uh, But just understanding grief more and understanding lament, like I could even lament that and take that to him. And um, it's easier to begin to surrender and release it when it's been done properly. Um, A lot of times we're told to take up our cross and to give up a lot of things. Um, and we just kind of move on. And in some cases, some people, they can do that. Um, but for some of us, whether we know it or not, um, there may be areas in our hearts that um, are hardened or we might feel stuck in certain places uh, because of some decisions we had to make that were really hard um, in the past that we just didn't properly um, grieve, that, that it meant something to us. There, it's, it's, it's painful. And so um, I just would encourage you, if you haven't, even done, um, done grief and loss work over things that, um, may not be a big deal to other people, but if you made a sacrifice and it's really hard to to kind of uh, move past that, I just encourage you just to even take that to Jesus and to begin to, to clean that up and bring closure to that as well. And, um, as I had mentioned, um, at the beginning of this episode, um, just looking at our world right now, looking at, um, America right now um, a lot of us have been just in shock and, um, and a lot of folks are in denial there's conspiracy theories galore there's always something new um, like almost every day and to the point where I think we're getting numb to it and sometimes we're still getting shocked and as I had mentioned yeah, we're all having this collective trauma um, but we're also just dealing with a reality that showed us that we really weren't who we thought we were um it's really interesting when there's especially when the the time of internet where information can spread so quickly, and a lot of times um there's a lot of things in history that many of us weren't aware of, but because of the internet now we find out and so it's just a shock of like being told one thing for um decades, especially you know growing up in school, and then finding out a lot of it was very sanitized um and then also just in the the back and forth between political parties and how people believe and, and, and what they're hearing and seeing is um, kind of can be captured in a quote that I wish I could remember the original author. But I, I just remember seeing uh, just basically a lot of folks express. It's like we live in two different Americas uh, because we have two different experiences um, depending on what color skin you're in. And having to sit down and hear that Uh, depending on what side you're on it's um it can be very shocking um it does require a lot of humility to listen to someone else um and to find an understand you know a general understanding between people who have come from two different backgrounds Um, however if it's too much for you if you find yourself defensive or offended or or wanting to continue to like push that away um, i would just suggest that Um, that's some of the resistance of your, your psyche trying to keep you from having to lose this ideal or lose this picture in your, in your head of, this is what I was always taught about America. This is what I was always taught about the church. And it's not true. And that is going to cause a lot of pain. Um, but the only way to get through it and the only way to find healing is to face it. Um. And I think if all of us were able to do that, um, maybe things would be different. And hopefully my prayer is that we will actually one day, um, especially as a church, uh, finally sit down and really hear the plight and the pain of um, each other and and finally begin to work toward healing. Um, However, right now it seems like we're probably still in the uncovering part of the process. Um, Like I do remember in my own work and in my own journey um there were just weeks that it just seemed like every week, every meeting was uncovering some new type of trauma, um, some memory I had forgotten about, um, and coming to grips with how much pain I was carrying around. And even when I mentor other guys, I think that's usually the the biggest part that's almost um, it literally... I've seen men have um, physiological responses where they almost collapse because their body, um, their brains and their emotions and um, whether you know it or not, trauma is stored in the body. When it all starts to like reconnect and and come online and and they face it, um, they face that reality, it does take a lot out of the human body. And so hardship, pain, grief and trauma is not easy. Um, But working through it is worth it. It just takes time and it takes patience. And I hope and pray that if you are dealing with a lot of this stuff right now, or or like I said, all of us have some kind of collective trauma over this, is that we do take the time to work through it. Uh, Because if not, um, the patterns and the cycles are going to repeat. Um, As we've seen in um, so much unrest, um, what we saw in the Capitol, as we just see everybody fighting on social media and the loss of relationships and friendships, um, yeah, all of that is traumatic. We never thought a lot of this stuff would happen here, uh, with all the protests, you know, in 2020. Um, having the world see, um, you know, what was going on and just the loss of so many innocent lives, um, a lot of us, you know, we will we'll, we'll cling to a conspiracy theory before we really deal with the reality of we're just not who we thought we were. It's just easier to keep trying to find excuses, um, to try to deflect um, a reality that other people are living. And there's a point where the invitation is, that's one of the solutions to this, is you're gonna have to face it. And so I came across this quote from Barbara Brown Taylor, who's a uh, pastor and teacher, and she says, we do not lose control of our lives but we lose the illusion that we were ever in control in the first place and again part of what we're seeing now um part of what we're dealing with is the reality of people trying to hold on to something trying to control their environment their ideal their narrative and it's gone and so instead of moving into grief it's it's showing up in violent tendencies it's showing up in just mental health issues as we um, are seeing or hearing about more people committing suicide. Um, I came across this statistic um, last year um, in 2020, in June, um, it says that 40% of United States adults reported struggling with mental health or substance use, and 40 million adults, 18% of the population, Um, we're dealing with anxiety disorders. And one of the things about anxiety, as I had mentioned earlier, is that there is a connection to unprocessed grief. Um, That's one of the symptoms. And so, again, it's one of the solutions or one of the ways that all of us can finally get better is to finally work through um, and lament uh, what we've lost and how much pain we're actually all in. And also knowing that we do have Jesus, that we do have our high priest, our counselor, our teacher, who said he would never leave us nor forsake us, and who was willing to walk with us through our pain and faith, help us face it. is with us in the process. And so this is definitely an invitation to lean into him even more and bring, um, as the psalmist said, or as the, the old hymn says, uh, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. Yes. And so we can just bring that to him. And as uh, gospel singer Kirk Franklin sums it up so eloquently, he says, Christ is with you in your crisis. Um, a lot of times I think that we, um, we become Christians and whether we know it or not, there is still like this whole teaching or just ideal that we're going to not have to suffer so much. Um, and I would just remember hearing uh, about other countries and how when it comes to their faith, when it comes to their Christianity, um, from the get-go, they start to teach or disciple believers into you will die for the faith. You have to get into that mindset that when you leave this meeting, that you have to be willing to die for the faith. And um, here in America, we have it so much more easier. And so uh, we don't have that mindset. And so the first sign of trouble, uh, we are in shock and denial, et cetera. Uh, when in reality, it's like we live in a broken world and um, and other people do have um, different experiences. And so it does help to have a different worldview, because I do think that will help us all um, understand the faith a lot better. And then again, looking at just the life of Jesus and then thinking about sacrifice. You know, we look at um, just going into the him going to the cross. And yes, you know, he's saying, my God, my God, why has it? Why has forsaken me? and just thinking like Jesus was quoting a Psalm after being beaten um, and tormented and humiliated and he's hanging on a cross and he's lamenting. He's lamenting, feeling abandoned and being separated from his father and yet he's still praising him while he's in the midst of something so horrendous. And I don't know if any of us can even comprehend how much he was hurting and Stephanie Tate who's um, an author, um, sums up this whole ordeal as she even was able to connect her own pain and losses to this moment on the cross. And she says um, from her book, The View from Rock Bottom, she says, Just as Christ's anguish garden prayers obliterate the idea that God requires a brave and unencumbered facade, his cry on the cross creates space for honest, powerful lament. The desperate words I feared would create a west between me and my Savior were but an echo of his own cries 2,000 years earlier. This sacred thread doesn't end there, though. The same lament that connected me to Christ and his crucifixion also runs back even further in the connection to King David as well. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? What a powerful example of the connective tissue of suffering. David's broken cross in heavenward only to return to earth about a thousand years later, spoken by God in human form. And so again, because of what Christ has suffered and died for us, he understands, and so he can enter into any space of loss, any um, areas where we are wounded and we feel shame, he can come in and just be with us and provide comfort, and also just provide love for us even at our worst. And I just encourage you again, um, if you don't have anybody, or if you don't feel safe, just to begin to pray that the Lord would send you a great therapist, life coach, small group, um, just somebody one-on-one to meet with you uh, because there is something about being with another person and processing through and talking through um, whatever you've endured. Uh, I do remember when I first started working on Uh, my unprocessed grief. Um, I read the books and I was journaling and I would cry from time to time and, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to get better, Um, but it wasn't until I invited somebody else in. And in that space, um, that's when the Lord really began to meet with me. And two, it also meant I had to humble myself and be seen um, and transparent. And actually in Jay uh, Jay Stringer, um, who has a book called Unwanted, he says that grief and vulnerability are how we tell the earth of our stories. And so it's in these moments that we can begin to look at our lives and actually get clarity. Because the beauty of, of working through grief and lament is that some things finally get put into their proper perspectives. Um, as I had noted, after working through it for so long, um, again, I met Jesus in a better way. But I began to um, accept parts of my life and the, that I was ashamed of. And, um, and also just feeling more just grounded and knowing that I was loved and cared for um, by my coach, but also by Jesus himself, um, helped me to be more comfortable in my own skin. And the beauty of all of that too, is that now when I do, do mentoring work um, with other people, um, I now can enter into their space and enter into um, their hurts, their pains, and um, as best I can feel what they're feeling um and honor them as well honor their story um, because it's important and when scripture tells us that we are to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn um, you know i'm able to do that now and do it holistically and um and jesus has showed me and and will show you as you work through this process that he weeps with you and he mourns with you And as um, Isaiah 43 notes that, you know, as we go through the waters, they won't overwhelm us. As you go through your grief, it won't overwhelm you. And um, as it also says, um, as we've gone through the fire, uh, we won't get burned. And it's the same thing. It's as hard as it is and it's as overwhelming as as it was at times. um, I didn't get burned. It didn't kill me. Um, It actually did make me stronger because I had the Savior with me, my ever-present help was with me the whole time. And I was um, and I was loved and cared for by my coach. And then as I began to share more with friends um, about my life and story, they loved me too. And so, um, and our connection and our relationships all grew from that. And so um, there is good to be able to work through a lot of this um, because the fruit of it um, all not only changed me, but it also changed um, the way I uh, looked at other people. In other stories and again having more compassion and patience and um, and also just a general heart for just humanity um, I came across this video by a guy named John Gay, and he's a um, professor at Fuller Theological Seminary and he just mentioned that um, when he's reading through the laments that even if he's not feeling bad or if he doesn't even feel anything himself that he uses those that time to pray uh, for brothers and sisters around the world who may be suffering um, from losses. And so, again, even if you are um, reading to a lament or you find yourself one day going through a devotional and you're like, well, I don't really feel like this is for me, um, but it may be for someone else. And so I just invite you just to intercede. Um, let that be a time to um, just to to pray for those who actually may be suffering, because in this life, as Jesus says, um, we will have hardships, we will have trials, but, you know, to take heart, you know, he has overcome the world, and um, also just to remember that we have brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering. We do have the persecuted church. We do have people who are martyrs, and so we do need to remember them as well. And so as I wrap up, I do want to leave us with this scripture from 1 Corinthians 15. It says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so again, just want to be reminded that as you're facing so much right now, as we're all facing so much right now, just know that your trauma, your grief, your losses does not have the final word. We do have victory, and I pray that you find victory in each of your pains, your traumas, your griefs, your losses. I speak good news to everything that you have to face um, in the coming days and know that at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, once it's all said and done, we will have victory.